Welcome to the Millennial Reset Podcast, stories of everyday millennials that are redefining success and happiness. Those that have decided to face those subconscious limiting beliefs head on and take the path less traveled to hit reset. Stories that inspire you to take the leap to pursue the passions, dreams, and goals of your inner child and not the expectations of society. If you're new here, welcome. You found your people. I'm your host, Peter Goose, burnt out millennial turned human design and mindset coach. And it's now my mission to create a space to have the conversations out loud around millennial burnout and mindset and inspire and empower my fellow millennial besties to decondition from the programs that keep so many of us stuck and rediscover your most authentic identity. Or in other words, the millennial reset. And I'm so glad you're here. Hey, besties, welcome to another episode of the Millennial Reset Podcast. So I know a lot of us millennials have, from a young age, been pressured by our parents and by society to choose this certain career path or this job that was going to ensure our success and happiness. And I think where a lot of us are today in our 30s and even 40s is realizing that, oh, shit, I was programmed for my career path. It wasn't really something that I necessarily chose. And I know for me and my guest today is uh, Lisa is going to share her story as well of getting to that point of realizing that, you know what, that's not actually what I want to do. And it's just the pressures of society and the expectations from my parents of what I need to be doing to be successful versus what I really want to be doing. And my guest, Lisa, today, her story is so inspiring because she has gone out there and created her own path. Um, She has, you know, ditched the programming. She has reinvented herself, stepping into this new identity. So, so excited for y'all to uh, hear her story today. Lisa, welcome to the Millennial Reset Podcast. Thanks so much for being part of this. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So Lisa, before we dive in here, tell the audience a little bit about where you are today. What is it that you're doing with your life? So today I am a single mother to a beautiful little girl that's five. And I am a mindset, manifestation, spiritual coach, entrepreneur for the past four-ish years or so. And I've uh, built a business for myself online doing so and um i'm living happy and free (laughs) Uh, how good does it feel (laughs) oh so good so good yeah it only took me 38 years (laughs) yeah no big deal um yeah lisa and i were talking earlier like our our stories are are so similar we could probably talk for hours about our journeys Um, But Lisa, going back in time to kind of the start of your career and what's so interesting about your journey is that it started for you even in high school. So tell the audience a little bit about like what started your career path, your before path, even at 16 years old. So, yeah, at 16, I had I was I was a pretty, um, you know, quote, bad kid in high school. And um, I later learned that it was really just undiagnosed ADHD, like a million other people have realized. Um, 
So I decided, you know what, this is not for me. I'm out of here. I want to make my own money. I want to be successful. And I want to do all of the things and have all of the dreams that I imagined I would have come true right then and there. Mm. So at 16, I dropped out of high school and I went to Manhattan to a law firm and applied for my first job as a secretary. And I lied to them and made fake paperwork and everything. They believed I was 19. Wow. <laughs> and I was there for a few years. And um, from there, I continued going to other law firms, working in Brooklyn, Manhattan, different um, corporate types of jobs. And, um, and then from there, I would go on to have second and third jobs, waitressing, bartending, and just making as much money as I could possibly make to fill a void. So mm, yeah. And we talked a little bit about this earlier too, but share it with the audience too of like that that narrative that was going on in the back of your mind during all that time of like the pressure and the expectations from your parents and society of like what success and happiness meant for you. Um, tell the audience a little bit about like, what were some of those narratives that you were telling yourself at that point in time, at least of like what it was going to take for you to achieve that quote unquote success and happiness. Right. So, you know, in my heart, I always knew that I wanted to do something different, something yeah. big, creative, you know, that's, that's in my soul. I wanted to be an artist or a therapist, something. And, you know, um, to my family, especially my dad, who was a Marine and, uh, you know, very, very, very stern. And it's like, you have to do this, 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 and this. And if you don't, then you're not successful. And mm. I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna, I was already, I already felt like a disappointment dropping out of high school. But if I work really hard and I make a lot of money, that makes my dad really happy and proud of me. So let me keep doing that because then I feel accepted and I feel really loved and then I make my family proud and mm -hmm. so on and so forth all of those false narratives that were yeah. my own and I wasn't being authentic to me at all yeah oh my gosh I mean I can't imagine how many people are going to resonate with this story of like how again how many of us chose our path for the reason of meeting the expectations of our parents of yeah. you know so many of us millennials are now in this place of like we're we're uh we're addicted to like people pleasing and overachieving and i think so much of that stems from you know this idea of like the competition that we are programmed for and so much of that was from our parents that we wanted to be able to prove to them to say, look, I did it. Look, I'm doing what you told me I needed to do to become successful. Um, but then the downside of that is that how that then leads us down that path of we then talk us ourselves into that narrative to tell ourselves that the only way for us to prove our value and worth is to keep doing more, keep making more money, keep climbing the ladder, so on and so forth. Until, and I'm sure you can resonate with this as well, until you reach that point where it's like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And for what, right? For what? Exactly. For what? Because I'm not happy. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, going back to, you know, the parents, like it's, it's almost like a lot of our parents didn't get to do what they wanted to do yeah. either. So they put that pressure on us 
to go out and do what they wanted to do. Yeah. So double pressure of like, okay, my parents didn't have the opportunity because it was a different time and, you know, all of those things. And now I have to do this. Otherwise, you know, otherwise I'm kicked out of the family. The, the stories that we tell ourselves are insane. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's a whole other conversation we could have, but you're so right is like, you know, I was having this conversation with my dad a few weeks ago of like how, you know, boomers growing up and uh, as adults, so many of them didn't even go to college, right? They didn't really need to go to college, but then they saw as we were growing up, the opportunities that existed if you had that college degree. And so they were like, okay, kids, the, the the path for you is go get that college degree, go work your asses off so that you can have more success, more happiness than maybe what we're experiencing right now. Um, you know, little did they know how much the world was going to change for us as well over the next few years. But I think that's one of those things that's part of that healing journey as well of being able to, for me, at least it was a little bit of resentment that I had to let go of because it was so easy to put the blame on parents and society to say, damn you, how, you know, I'm so upset that you raised me with this in this way or programmed me in this way. Well, in reality, they were just doing the best that they knew at that time with the resources that they had, right? 100%. Um, My parents have been my biggest triggers, but also my biggest teachers on my Because when I get triggered, I'm like, okay, thank you for that. Now I can work on this within myself for myself, not for them, you know? For myself. Yeah, totally. And then, so let's now talk about um, the journey for you of really kind of hitting rock bottom of getting into that place of not only the addiction to stress and money and trying to prove our value, but then that led into some other addictions as well for you as well. Talk to us a little bit about that journey of uh, the addictions and working through some of that of um, not really knowing what that next step was for you. Right. So, so what had happened was at the last corporate job that I had had, I had left there with the intention to start my own business. And I did mm-hmm. do that. I opened up a brick and mortar shop on a very busy street in New York. And, um, and I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm finally an entrepreneur. I'm being creative. I started, I created a makeup line. I did all of these things. I was in the creation mode. And then when it came time to, you know, make money doing so and marketing, and I had no idea what I was really in for. And I didn't have the mindset mm. for a successful business at that time. So it was doing okay, but the the self-doubt and the unworthiness that was so deep, deeply rooted within me was just not allowing me to even give it my all. Mm -hmm. So I basically just got so burnt out, you know, between all of the years of all of the work, you know, like I said, literally three jobs at a time. And then going to something that I thought was it and then realizing I have no idea what I'm doing and this is what I thought I wanted. And now I just have no idea and I feel so lost. You know, now I don't have a college degree. I don't have any of the things that my parents wanted me to have. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like a failure on top of a failure. And I basically just threw my hands up and said, you know what? Fuck this. 
fuck everybody and even fuck me. And mm. I became a part of the opioid epidemic. I started taking painkillers. And when I tell you I lost everything, like I stopped paying my bills. I stopped paying for my car. I literally mm. lost everything and had to move back. It was my mom at, mm. you know, like 20, 29 years old, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. And um, from there, luckily, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I was talking about a few weeks ago on the podcast episode was this whole idea that, again, it kind of goes back to the way that we were raised is that um, mental health growing up as millennials was one of those things that we didn't really talk about a whole lot, right? It was like, you know, don't touch that subject. If if you have feelings, go, you know, cry it out in your bedroom, shut the door and be don't by cry. yourself for a while. Yeah, exactly. I was told, don't you cry. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you know, we wonder and we look around about how there's all of these people that are in this place of kind of hitting rock bottom with their mental health. And it's like, well, it's no, you know, it not mental health is matters mental health matters and being able to realize that instead of always trying to shove down all of these problems that we were taught as as kids growing up of just like you know don't worry about it shove it down shove it down and there becomes that point eventually where we shove it down so much that we need something to deal with it and unfortunately i think that's where a lot of us turn to whether it be drugs or some other sort of remedy to be able to help us to find our way out of this like icky spot because the bottom line is well if i can't talk about my mental health out loud then how else do i go about solving this issue right yeah. it's like that's what gets so many of us i think into kind of those dark places yeah um, it, it, it gives you it gives you a break from yourself mm, yeah because of the numbing factor because you're just so you know all in your head and you don't know how to stop it yeah and, you know, it was different then. Like going to a therapist was almost shameful. Different mm. times. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's amazing to me how many people, when we talk about like therapy, it's a trigger for so many of us, right? Because it's like if we go see a therapist or if we go to therapy, then it means that we are the narratives that we tell ourselves is what that we're weak, that we can't solve it on our own, right? It's all those voices right. of our parents that tell us, "Hey, yeah. you know, don't talk about your feelings," type of thing. Um, but I think the good news is I think a lot of that is changing, uh, yes. big time for not only millennials, but also other generations as well. Thank goodness. Um, and then for you, the turnaround moment, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was the point in time where you discovered that you were pregnant with your daughter. Talk to us a little yes. bit about that turnaround moment of what, uh, how becoming pregnant with your daughter really changed the narratives for you. Yeah, so as soon as I realized I was pregnant with her, I was already at a place where I was like, this isn't the life for me. Like, I'm not meant to just be a, a drug addict, you know? Yeah. But I just didn't know how to stop. And then finding out that I was pregnant was like, okay, well, here you go. This is like the answer to your prayers, basically. Mm. And I knew that I had wanted children always. And I was like, okay this is it, you know, and, and I'm going to do the best that I can for this baby. And, and from that point forward, I just, I, I com I did a complete 180, but yeah, I still had the same mindset. I was just, you know, I had the motivation, I guess, to, to make those changes. And then pregnancy is just such a 
wild spiritual awakening. And, um, and I knew that, you know, if I didn't change, that I was just going to repeat exactly what my parents did mm. as a parent myself. So yeah, from that point forward, I was on the path of healing and yeah. a little while to, to really find everything that I had wanted or, or felt that I needed, but I was slowly on the path and finding little ways and therapy and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's amazing how, you know, the surprising life moments like that are the calling to heal, to say, if I'm not going to give this healing to myself for me, then I'm going to do it for somebody else, or I'm going to do it for something else. And it sounds like that was kind of part of your journey as well as that was. Yeah, exactly. Being able to do the healing so that you can be the best mother as well. Yeah. Um, And then what I also love about your story um, is this whole story of when your daughter was what, not even a year old and you went to Vegas for kind of this personal development convention, uh, which was really, it seems to me like kind of the, the ignition of everything that's happening today. So tell us a little bit about like what that journey was like and how that spurred you off to where you are today. Okay. So that was wild. Um, so I had on the, on the journey, you know, of being pregnant and having her, I was like, okay, what do I want to do now? You know, and yeah. I, started, um, I started with a network marketing company and in the network marketing company, you know, they started talking about mindset a little bit. And I had um, gotten introduced to the coaching industry and I saw something about um, NLP, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, I literally knew none of what any of it was. I knew mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, but the other stuff, no clue whatsoever. Yeah. And I called the company and they were like, oh yeah, we have our next one is in Las Vegas in two weeks. It's $5,000. You, oh. you have to pay for your flight, your hotel, you know, for the whole 10 days. And I was like a single mother, mind you, you know, like yeah. didn't have much money. I'm like, okay, I'm in, you know, here's my credit wow. And I flew myself, my not even one-year-old daughter out there and my mother so that my mother could watch her while I was in these 10 to 12 hour classes every single day for 10 days straight. Mm-hmm. And it was just a wild immersion of self-development and learning about myself um, and helping others heal because that's how the process works in these things. They're doing it to you. You're doing it to them. And the amount of tears <laughs> yeah. those days were just, I mean, those rooms were flooded, but it was yeah. beautiful and wild and messy. And from that point forward, I was just like, this is it. Like I felt a fire within me that I had not felt probably since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I love how you labeled it before you were talking like it was a soul pull. Yes. Yes. Oh, Cause I, I knew that. nothing. I knew nothing even about it, but it was like for the first time in such a long time, my intuition was just telling me, go, go. There was this tiny, tiny yeah. like, like pull, you know, of just go. You don't know what it is, but just go. And it was like, 
I felt like my higher self dragged me there by the hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, like I said, I think you're in my experience are so similar. And part of my experience, we were talking about this a little bit before was that we're so used to living in this state of just reacting, reacting to outside circumstances and letting our lives be driven by everything and everybody that's happening out here. But when you take a moment, when you take the time to get quiet enough to listen to those very quiet voices called your intuition, and it's like all of the messaging that you've received from programming from society and your parents and the education system, when you begin to listen to your intuition, your intuition doesn't give you any other choice but to say, "Uh uh-uh, you're going to listen to this now. And even if you're, even if these other people are trying to talk you out of it, I'm going to pull you this way anyways. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, when we were talking about this before a little bit too, before we jumped on is like, when you begin to listen to that intuition of how everything else seems to just naturally fall in place for you, as opposed to like, when we're trying to prove ourselves or trying to live up to the expectations of others, we're working against a brick wall, right? All the time versus like just allowing things to be. So let's talk a little bit about that of like how things are different for you now, now that you're really leaning more into intuition and less on the expectations of others. Right. So, you know, just like you had said, it's, it's a matter of when you're listening to your intuition, you're being authentically you, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the truest version of you that you can be. And that's who we're meant to be. We're not meant to be what anybody else wants us to be, whether it be our parents or society, whatever that may be, we're meant to be who we are. And when we don't fight that, when we don't, you know, push against it, that resistance, because because what we resist will persist always. Mm -hmm. So when we release that resistance and we allow our intuition to lead us and guide us and we listen and we practice listening, things just flow. And that's like what happened with me. You know, I was pulled by the hair, by my soul, my higher self, and I had no intention on helping others. I was there to help myself. But yeah, because I was there, I received these certifications for hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, NLP. And that was the beginning. And I was like, Oh, wow, this has helped me so much. And I want to share it with other people. And then I wound up investing in other things like EFT tapping, which I love. And um, then I got really big and deep into manifestation and obsessed with it. (laughs) And I just kept investing in myself and trusting myself with my investments as well, because I would doubt myself a lot. Like, oh, this is a lot of money. This coach is a lot of money. Can I, am I worth it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Am I worth it? And if it felt right, I did it. And it just, I, one step after another. And, you know, I started a business and I didn't even really mean to. Uh-huh. And it's just so incredible that, you know, as a kid, I, I said, like, I, I would want to maybe be a therapist, you know, that always yeah. felt right to me. And here I am, I'm not a therapist, I don't have a college degree, but yet I'm helping people every day. And it, yeah. it feels so fulfilling. And I don't have a structured business, like, I don't put the things that you would think a normal, like successful business would have. Into, right, yeah. right. I just flow and things mainly work you know sometimes they don't (laughs) right 
but that's all part of the journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's so exciting. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this the other day too, of how similar to your story, you know, when I first was, you know, got into this journey of trying to figure out like, what the fuck do I want to do with the rest of my life? And of course, you know, I, I didn't know, I, I had no idea. I knew I wanted to get into personal development and I knew I wanted to like, you know, make a difference. Um, which is why I, you know, I got into teaching as my first career path anyways, but it took me of course, you know, 30 some years later to then actually start doing some of the inner healing myself. But the yeah. thing is, that's so amazing is that once you begin to do the inner healing yourself, then the whatever you want to call it, the passion, the purpose, the calling that just kind of shows up for you right at your doorstep to say, great, you've already done this yourself. Now go out there and share it with others versus yeah. where I was stuck before is I was out there trying to figure out like, okay, well, how can I make money? How can I help others? And how can I be like this personal development coach? But I hadn't done the work myself yet. Right, right. And so, you know, I'm sure you can probably resonate with that as well as like part of that whole journey for others out there that are kind of on that same path as well is really getting honest with yourself to say, hey, before I go out there and do this and help others and try to make a living off of it, have I actually done the work myself? Yes, because you go first. Exactly. You always go first. You have to lead the way with authenticity. You have to build your source to be the resource. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the mindset piece a little bit more in depth now, Um, because as you are very, very familiar, as well as I am as well, is when you make that leap, when you begin to listen to your intuition, those voices are still going to be there. They don't just go away, right? And so what were some of those voices, the narratives, the sabotaging beliefs that kept you stuck from being able to really fully take that leap? Um, okay. Oof, that's a good one. <laughs> so I'm not worthy of this. Mm. I am not working hard enough to make this kind of money. You know, if I want to make this kind of money, I have to work so much harder because yeah. um the way that I did have to work and, and because of the narratives that were in my head from society, parents, so on and so forth. Um, I don't deserve this. What, what did I ever do to deserve this? Yeah. Um, it's not safe. Yeah. Not safe. It is not safe. So if it's not safe, I'm not going to allow it, you know, I'll, I'll self-sabotage in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, Oh, there are so many, you know, that I had the voices of, of my parents very much. So like mm-hmm. to this day, to this day, my dad still like, does it, he'll still be like, oh, you know, so-and-so is hiring. And I'm like, yeah, like, I have <laughs> a successful business yeah. that I love, you know, but he doesn't see it that way. So like, yeah. you know, that will still trip me up sometimes. And I have to come back to my truth and center and be like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I know what I'm doing, but definitely the, the lack of self-worth uh, in the beginning was so deep. And that was probably the main thing mm-hmm. that I had to work on was to feel worthy enough to have what I wanted in yeah. the way that I wanted it, especially um and yeah just like I said like you know I have to work harder I have to work working hard enough I don't deserve it confidence you know lack of confidence 
It's like you have to be your biggest fan, right? Because when you get to that point of, yeah, when those voices are going off and telling you that you're not worthy enough and that I laughed so much about what you said before, because it's like, I'm sure you've experienced this before too, where it's like, people will be like, well, what do you do now? Like, what are you doing with your life? And then you try to explain it all. And they're like, great, but what do you do? (laughs) It's like, sometimes you just have to be able to know in your own soul, in your heart that you know what you're doing, you know the path that you're on, and even though others may not understand it, and you might not be able to explain it as clearly as they might be able to, or that they need the explanation, at least as long as you know somewhere deep down in you where you're headed and what you're doing, that's all that really matters, right? Yes, and that's definitely creating safety within. Yes, yes, and let's, let's dive into that now, too, of like, those narratives go off, and There's nobody there that's going to tell you you are safe. There's nobody there that's going to tell you that you are worthy. That has to come from you. And so let's dive into kind of like some of the inner work now. What were some of the things that you have found to be most successful for yourself in being able to maybe not get rid of some of those beliefs and narratives? Because, you know, I always say, and I'm sure you can resonate with this as well, is like beliefs are there because at one point in time, they kept us safe. Right. And so we have to be able to show those sabotaging, limiting beliefs, compassion for them to be let go. But what was some of the, what were some of the things that worked well for you so that you could at least quiet down some of those sabotaging beliefs? So for one, giving myself grace and giving that part of me grace and even just space, you know, to allow it to be heard. So if I feel unsafe, like speaking to that part of me, letting it be heard, like what is not safe about it? And then that part would tell me exactly what is not safe about it. Mm-hmm. And okay, now I let that part talk. And now I'm going to tell that part of me exactly why it is safe. Mm. And I'm going to affirm that. And obviously there are tools and techniques, but just something as simple as, as talking to that part of you, whether you want to visualize, you know, little you yeah. or um, a part, the part of you when you were at, say, in your 20s, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing and confused, wherever that is, it's just really speaking to that part of you and proving. And it's nice to use other people, I, I notice personally. And I do this with my clients too, like, okay, if you haven't gotten there yet, who do you know that has? Yeah. that you can relate to because mm-hmm. if they can why can't you we're all the same and like yeah. realizing that is big um if i'm if i think say i'm not worthy of this okay why am i not worthy and i'm, I'm not worthy because i don't have a college degree i was a drug addict right who wants to listen to me and then i go in with well actually you know you've done so much work you're an amazing person you yeah. are and you're well educated and you know affirming all of those things that is really the work and and being kind to yourself because when you have such big expectations of yourself and you bash yourself you're only going to set yourself backwards amen it's like it's like reparenting yourself right it's the journey of being able to become the parent again not to say that our parents were bad parents by any means there's no user manual out there for how to raise this authentic being um but when you begin to then realize that there's parts of yourself that never really healed from the past and then you can go back and you can actually heal them yourself by becoming that parent that 
younger little you maybe didn't have access to at that point in time. But the good news is you have access to it right now. And it's all through you. Exactly. And I'm sure when my daughter grows up, she's going to be, I mean, even with the knowledge and wisdom that I have, she's going to have things against me. And, you know, it it just, nobody's perfect. But we are all these imperfect human beings. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, your life has obviously done a 180, um, in the past decade. So let's talk a little bit about like, what does a typical day look like for you today? So I like to basically flow. Yes. (laughs) I really do. do. I've spent so much of my life just working so hard and being so hard on myself that, you know, like even with my clients, like I don't have. I won't put my calendar too far out, you know, like yeah. if you're working with me, you can book a session within two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, anything outside of that. I don't really want to plan too much because I yeah. like to flow. Um, and it works, you know, I have amazing clients, um, always, just always, they're always, yeah. and they like it that way too. It's, it just seems to work out, but you know, my daughter is five, she's in school. So in the mornings, I, I wake up, I get her ready, and I'll have my client calls. Um, I usually like to set my calls for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, so that I have Mondays and Fridays off. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I get to do, if I want to maybe create some content on those days, I will, but I'm not going to hold myself to it or make myself wrong or bad if I don't. Yes. <laughs> You know, so um, I'm just really enjoying, I'm enjoying being a mother to a little girl. And I know Mm. I'll never get these years back. So that's my top priority. And then myself, you know, of course, and keeping myself healthy and happy. And my clients and my family and my friends. And I, I really, truly have a very fulfilling, happy an easeful life yeah. which is so wild to even say mm-hmm. that out loud you know right exactly and yeah I mean and I'll throw this one at you here before we wrap up because you know I always say this is in every podcast episode is that the millennial reset is all about redefining success and happiness and I want to know from you today as opposed to you know 10 years ago how do you define success and happiness today Oh, in compa- like com- in comparison to 10 years ago? Yeah, or, or just know, in general. Right, yeah. Like, so 10 years ago, obviously, we, we know what my narrative of, of yeah. that was. Today, uh, I just feel like we are here to live and just be and experience. And mm. money is so not everything. Money yeah. is so not everything. You know, if you can live a a happy, content, full life and really experience life, even if you don't have the funds, let's say, just to be outside in nature with the people that you love, spending time with the people that you enjoy and doing the things that you want and sometimes doing the things that you don't want that you know are good for you. Yes. Like those are the things that create the good habits. So it's, it's a, it's a good combination, but really just being, being with the people that bring me joy, doing the things that bring me joy. And, um, 
I don't care if I'm ever a millionaire or, right? yeah. you know, I just, I want to be here. I want to live a long health, health as wealth. you know, like my, it's just changed so much. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. One of my um, favorite, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, I'm sure, but like Brene Brown talks about this a lot of like one of the uh, feelings that humans are most afraid to feel is joy because we always like to beat joy to the punch by saying, okay, well, it's possible that I could experience joy in my life, but mm, what if the next thing is actually bad that happens to me? And so we prepare our brains and our minds and our bodies for this worst case scenario. And that's where money comes into play in capitalism is like always worrying about, well, I've got my next step has to be something that's going to make me money versus my next step needs to bring me joy. And when yes. you focus on just how you want to feel and allow yourself to feel those feelings without the fears and the limiting and sabotaging narratives running the show, oh, how life begins to change. Totally. And that's exactly what I mean by just be. Yeah. You know, just be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all of, all yeah. of that. It doesn't know? have to be materialistic. Yeah. Right. We don't need to do everything to create a result. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. Well, Lisa, I mean, it goes without saying that I think so many others, especially mothers out there, are going to resonate with your story. Um, so inspirational of where you've come from and what you're doing today. Um, and I know that you also have a resource that we're going to share when we post the episode as well. So tell everybody what they can expect to find uh, with your free resources that we'll share out. Yes, I created a um, a hypnosis for abundance and prosperity to rewire your brain hypnotherapy and it has binaural beats it's Mm. i really put all the bells and whistles in there it's about 20 minutes long it's something that i usually only give my private clients but for you having me here today and for all of your listeners i would like to provide that for free awesome um and lisa uh, where can people find you on social media um, my main platform is Facebook, Lisa Ruggiero. And um, yeah, um, I'm sure there's probably many of me. <laughs> yeah. probably, you know, that Italian last name. Um, but... We'll find you. Yeah, we'll stock you down and make sure that All we right. provide that link as well <laughs> for people that uh, may be interested in working more closely with you. But yeah, we'll be sure to post that with the episode. But Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I just love your story, not just because of how inspirational it is, but selfishly, just how much I resonate with it. Because I, like I said, I think your and I's journey are so similar. So uh, who knows? We may even have to have you back on in a few uh, weeks or months here as a quick update, because I'm sure you're going to continue to grow uh, within this journey of yours. Thank you so much for having me. This is truly so enjoyable. And I'm so happy uh, to have got to be here with you today and yeah definitely look forward to speaking again yeah totally well thank you again lisa and thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of the millennial reset if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe and uh, visit www.themillennialreset.com you can subscribe to the podcast you can learn about free upcoming workshops and become a member thanks so much for tuning in and hope to hear you or hope to see you next time on the millennial reset Hey besties, if you're one of the millions of millennials feeling stuck in a constant state of stress and burnout, then number one, you're not alone. 
And number two, there is a way out. Be sure to check out www.themillennialreset.com for free online workshops, or you can become a member and join a community of support to learn a better way out of burnout.